1: Yesterday and today, 1983, Episode 4, It's All Over Now, Baby Blue. In this episode, we will cover the end of October... Through the end of the year.
0: In the next 90 minutes, Levi Strauss and Company, makers of quality jeans for men and women, will give away 1,000 copies of Pipes of Peace, the latest hit album by Paul McCartney on Columbia Records. They've made it easy to win. Just pick up the nearest phone and call 1 800 652 7700. We'll take 1,000 calls. That's a call every six seconds. Every call we take will be a winner. Paul McCartney's Pipes of Peace. The album can be yours if you call 1-800-652-7700 now. 1,000 copies of Pipes of Peace by Paul McCartney. It's one more way to get that rock and roll fit from Levi's contest not open to employees or families of Levi Strauss and Company, it's advertising agencies NBC or this station. Void where prohibited. Call 1-800-652-7700. Brought to you by Levi Strauss and Company, where quality never goes out of style.
2: Let's talk about the album. Take yeah. us through track by track.
3: Um, Say 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 is the second track on side one, and that started out when Michael Jackson gave me a ring on the telephone, and... He said he'd like to make some hits. So I thought, well, that sounds keen. You know, he sounds positive. (laughs) And I'd never met him, but I loved his singing and his dancing. And I'd seen him on telly and stuff. So uh, I was keen to meet him anyway. So he came over to England. He was coming over. So I uh, said, let's get together and that. We sat around for an afternoon, and I was plonking a guitar. And um, we came up with the basis of Say, Say, Say. He went back to his hotel and wrote a lot of words for it and then we sort of thrashed the whole thing together and um that's how we done that one but it just does interest um, me how you make contact I mean, you, you sit down with michael jackson you've never yeah. met the guy before uh-huh. and what actually happens what's the process well i mean it, to me it's like anyone with anyone i just start talking to him and saying um you know just asking him about his life telling him about mine um sit down and sort of just i don't know you just a little bit, you know just start talking about stuff I can't think of any specific thing you do, you know, you don't... Right, sit down there, Michael, now we're going to communicate. (laughs) Look at this now, son. back relax, most relaxed people you'll ever meet but well, the thing is un- interviews do make him uncomfortable it's funny actually when we were doing the video for say 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 um we were in california and a lot of school kids came around and michael's fella said do you mind meeting all these school kids and michael would like to know that i said no i don't mind i'm happy to you know it's just a bunch of kids so uh i'm i'm walking out there and we're going down the line you feel like the president or somebody will <laughs> vote for me and not him you know we're both of us going down this line and everything I'm so pleased to meet you and all this stuff and halfway through it in the London uh, vernacular Michael bottles out this is I really can't do this you know I really hate this I mean Anyway, I don't want to kind of go gossiping about him too much. He finds that kind of thing a bit difficult, so I think he gets the reputation of being tense in those kind of situations.
2: Let's talk about the album.
3: I wrote so bad, it seemed to me just a kind of little tune that was very, very simple. And sometimes when you get tunes like that, you you worry about it you think, it's just too simple, it must be another song. Or maybe it's, it's just too simple to just sit there. But... Uh, With So Bad, I liked it, you know, and uh, I I don't want to go on just saying how I like all my own stuff and that, but uh, this particular tune, you know, struck me as being a nice, simple tune. And I had this idea of Girl, I Love You So Bad, but it it sounded a bit wrong and stuff, so instinctively I I wanted to sort of change it because it sounded like I was deliberately putting bad grammar in or something. It just sounded a bit weird, but um, it was one of those that just had to stay. It was the only way I could ever sing that, so I got into it funny thing I remember about this was um, when I play it at home to my kids you know I'd sort of look at one of the girls we got a lot of girls got my wife and three girls in our family and just me and my son are the boys so I'd look at the girls you know as the, as the, little, the record was playing it said, girl I love you girl I love you so bad and as I was playing the song over my, my son looked a little bit sort of left out so we changed the words a little bit to where the girl says and she said boy I love you and he goes all shy when he hears it No. side, too. The song The Man was um, after Michael Jackson and myself had written Say, Say, Say. um, Michael wanted to keep going, and I had a bit of an idea for an introduction, which is the introduction of The Man. And I was playing it to him, you know, on the piano and sort of saying, look, how's about this chords and that? And uh, the, the way we worked was we had a cassette going. And then after that little session, he took it back to his hotel and appeared the next day with the entire words <laughs> to the whole thing. You know, oh, good, thank you very much. <laughs> Ching! Two <laughs> and six for you. And, uh, and uh, that was it. He'd, you know, so it was like music me, generally, and uh, words Michael on Abbey Road and out of the blue somewhere I, I think I was on guitar the opening of Sweetest Little Show came out they can treat you like a brother they can treat you like a clown but if they treat you like a lover they got the sweetest little show in town so I just had that little bit uh, then I developed it a little bit later at another occasion I started working on it a little bit thinking well maybe this will work up into a real song then we were going to put it in a medley but in the end when we came to finish up the album we didn't like these other two songs, so I just added the guitar piece on the end, uh, which then became the little show that the song was talking about. Because I always fancy doing little guitar pieces like that. I'm a frustrated lead guitarist, probably one of these people who got lumbered with bass way back. Anyway, <laughs> so that's how it all came to be, came to pass, and came apart.
4: Well, they can treat you like a brother. Yeah, they can treat you like a clown. But if they treat you like a lover, they got the sweetest little show in town. You got the sweetest, sweetest show, sweetest little show, sweetest little show in town. You've been around a long time, but you're still good for a while. And if they try to criticize you. Make them smile, make them smile And if they treat you like a brother Well, you won't never, never let them down But if they treat you like a lover They got the sweetest little show in town They got the sweetest, sweetest little show Sweetest little show Sweetest little show, sweetest show, sweetest girl show girl in town You got the sweetest Show.
3: That through into a track called Average Person. Average Person was one of the um, the older tracks on the album. And I had the idea quite a while ago. And it was to do sort of like a stage show type of thing, where a big chorus of people all run onto the stage, I say, I say, I say, I say, look at the average person, speak to men in the street. Excuse me, sir, can I speak to you? It was like a musical kind of idea and then you meet these various people you meet an engine driver who's really got an ambition to do something else he wants to be a lion tamer and then you've got a, a woman working as a waitress as the next character you know, and if you imagine it as a show you can see them all get, come on as characters and she wants to be a Hollywood starlet but then she gets thwarted because they give the part to a kid Just imagine the kid like a little Annie kid she throws her head in the air and she walks off like she's, I've got the part leaving the waitress to drop all the dishes and then finally you've got a boxer there's these three characters in this, and he—I like the line in that where he looked into the corners of his memory. Oh, it's all deep stuff, folks, searching for a picture of the fight. And his problem was that uh, his ambition was that he'd been a little bit taller. So it's really a song about average people with average dreams. In this song, they don't make it, really. But which is how a lot of average people's average dreams end up.
4: Look at me the rich person Speak to the man in the street Good night.
5: song and think that you have no idea what the average person is like anymore. I wonder how you feel you relate to the average person these days.
3: Well, I think I've got a lot in common with the average person, but I'm probably wrong. I mean, my mind definitely thinks I'm average, but I mean I'm famous, so I can't be average. But I don't mean it like that. I mean, just the way I get up in the morning and think of myself and look at decisions during the day, I do still know about engine drivers and waitresses and people like that I mean a lot of people I know are still that I mean just because I'm me doesn't mean all my friends are like me I still know the milk lady and the fella in the post office and you know down there and the people at the supermarket and all of that so I actually don't feel that out of contact with the average person I mean if I I meet people just go round to their houses and stuff I have a very easy time slotting in I mean, I've never found it difficult, because the kind of family I'm from is that. It's real, average family.
6: Paul McCartney's latest album wasn't made with one group. What he and producer George Martin did was to bring in various musicians who specialized in the particular sound they needed for a particular track.
1: Like this song that was co-written with jazz bassist Stanley Clark.
3: Peace, or you know do is it always going to be wars you know, of course he didn't really know the answer but he kind of said to me you know as far as he was concerned he said no the people want the peace you know people would love it to be peaceful people in Russia people in Beirut everyone would love it to be peaceful but there's all these political craziness going on you know and you have to deal
5: with that kind of reality peace brings us full circle to the beginning of this church Pipes of Peace is the new Paul McCartney album, and it's the music you've made in 1983. Just to finish this chat we've had, let's look at the music and the things you feel good and bad about. Maybe satisfied or dissatisfied would be a better way of looking at it.
3: What, all my music?
5: Yes. All of the things that you've done. Wings,
3: the... Well, I'll tell you what. I mean, the way I look at it is that it is such... I'm so lucky to... I mean, you hear people talking about a gift. And, you You know, know... I don't really think of it as that, but it is. It is a gift. And I'm so lucky to have been allowed to just do that much music that I'm not going to turn around and tell you what's wrong with it. Some of it's not so good as some of it. Some of it's better than the other bits. I feel so lucky to have done any of it that even the worst of it will do me. our love <laughs> through our love is a love song um is it to anybody it's uh well to me it, it's to linda who's my oh. missus for, for anybody else listening to it it's hopefully it's for their friend whoever be um in my mind it's it's good one for like newly marrieds if you're gonna get behind marriage and not just sort of think oops we got married what do we do now if you're gonna get behind it you took actually vows And you can either, we giggle through ours, but afterwards, you know, because it's also funny standing up there saying it all dead serious now, and Linda was hooting away. But but afterwards, you realize you have stood up in front of someone, and you've said, yes, I will, and I'll promise to be okay to her, and, you know, in sickness and in health. And I think there can be a great feeling, uh, if you're lucky, uh, with newlyweds, where you do start thinking, hey, you know, this is different, and we can do stuff we couldn't do, and we're now... I had someone talking about yesterday, two halves of, two people are really only a half each and when they sort of come together in something like love or a a good relationship like that. I think that that is great, you know, when you have those sort of periods when hopefulness is at its height, I think that's good for you. I think it feels great. It's optimistic. You can get on with things without just worrying all the time. It would be nice to think it could last longer than it lasts, but um, then you get whatever you get and it suddenly... um, you know, Maxwell Silver Hammer or something for our older viewers. You know, some somehow something will go wrong,
1: something will happen, because that's what I mean, that's, that's life. As a side note, assistant engineer on the album, John Jacobs, shared a hidden nugget, a secret message if you will, that was written into the string part in Morse Code at the very beginning of the song Through Our Love. The high violins play it, and it spells out P-E-A-C-E. We
4: wasted time and again on things, things we already knew. On to do, I give my love to you whenever you get some time. Whenever you get some time. I'd like to roll it all Up in a ball And spend it with you You've got the power of love And love has the power To make it come true We can go
1: Album, Pipes of Peace. The album reached number 4 in the UK album charts and number 15 in the US Billboard Top 200 charts. The LP did reach number 1 in Norway.
5: Let's talk about touring plans. Now, we haven't seen you on the road for quite a while. In some ways, I think people feel they might never see Paul McCartney in concert again. How do you feel about that?
3: Um, When I went on the road in uh, whenever it was last... A few years ago, I had a regular group in Wings, and there's a reason to go on the road. Since then, I haven't actually had any plans, and it's not really been uh, motivated by anything in particular. Although I've, I've people sort of say that since John's death, I've been loath to sort of show myself. It's just not, not really that true, although obviously, like, it's got to have some kind of effect. But the way I'm looking at it, really, is that I've been involved making Tug of War, Pipes of Peace, and the film. Uh, Broad Street, and that's a lot of work. I you know, even if I wanted to tour, I couldn't have actually got out of this the schedule I was on. So, what'll happen is when I've finished all this current work I'm doing, I should think then that would be the first time I'll start to think of touring. And I don't know really, you know, I don't know how keen I'm going to be to do it. I can't really tell you. The big major difference between now and then, uh, particularly between now and, and say Beatle days is I've got four kids now, which I didn't have then. And you get those kind of domestic things, you know, that, and it, it is what a lot of groups know as a major hang-up. I mean, I know I've heard Mick kind of saying, you know, domestic stuff just doesn't mix. But we did it in 76, and we coped fine, really, and the kids came along, and there was no problems. In fact, they enjoyed it, you know. So it can be done. So I think really what will happen is when I've got some time, I'll think about it, and... Uh, if I really fancy it, then what am I might do it. I've certainly got nothing against it.
1: On November 4th, Warner Brothers Records in America and in the UK released the album Hearts and Bones by Paul Simon. The LP features a song about the violence that took the lives of so many celebrated people, such as John Lennon. It's called the
7: late great Johnny Ace. Johnny Ace was a he was a rhythm and blues singer who uh, died in 1954 playing Russian roulette, and uh, this is one of my very early awarenesses of uh, rock and roll and, uh, and radio. I guess I was just you know just, just listening then and I remember Alan Freed saying Johnny Ace is uh, killed and shot himself and uh, so here's the late great Johnny Ace singing Pledging My Love which was his hit. You know? So uh, for years this title this thing the late great Johnny Ace was bouncing around in my head and at one point I considered writing it as a play about Johnny Ace yeah. and John Kennedy. And then when John Lennon was killed, uh, he became the third member. And uh, I said, well, I'll write it as a song. And it's, it was a song about the violence that I've grown up in since I've been just a child. That's really what the song is about. It's called The Late Great Johnny Ace. <laughs>
8: I was reading a magazine and thinking of a rock and roll song The year was 1954 and I hadn't been playing that long When a man came on the radio And this is what he said He said, I hate to break it to his fans But Johnny Ace is dead yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I really wasn't such a Johnny East fan But I felt bad all the same So I sent away for his photograph And I waited till it came It came all the way from Texas With a sad and simple face And they signed it on the bottle From the late, great Johnny A. The Stones It was 1964 I was living In London with the girl From the song before It was the year of the Beatles It was the year of the Stones The year after JFK We stayed up all night and given the days away And the music was flowing amazing and blowing To close the place And every song we played was for the late great Johnny
1: This time, NBC Television in America airs the show Entertainment This Week with a taped interview with Ringo and Barbara as they promote the upcoming TV miniseries, Princess Daisy. ...act naturally, and that
2: title seems to sum up Ringo's outlook on life these days. Flamboyant lifestyles aside, Ringo and Barbara are busy adding to their already extensive list of acting credentials. Ringo is a veteran of 13 films and Barbara some seven. And they're making their combined dramatic debut on American television next Monday night in the NBC miniseries Princess Daisy. He will play a gay fashion designer, and she his lesbian wife.
0: Apparently Ram's sister arrived late last night.
9: That won't be boring.
10: You conniving witch. I wondered why we were here. What is your fascination for her?
0: I don't know yet.
10: You need something to occupy yourself. Besides shopping and the occasional affair. It'll
2: stop you meddling.
0: And who says I'm going to meddle?
2: I did. Kissy, kissy. Ringo and Barbara live in a sort of looking-glass existence themselves. The life of an ex-Beatle has its drawbacks. One of them being putting up with self-proclaimed Beatle biographers and their books. I refuse to read them. (laughs) I've never
10: read any of them. You see, I was there, so I've got my stories. And... you know, you do, it's not that you're blind, you do get knowledge of them, because usually some newspaper will take extracts and put them in the paper, and then you, once you've read that, you know it's lunacy again. I mean, I will not write my autobiography. I will. Oh.
1: <laughs> A few days later, on November 6th, on the NBC television NBC. network, Ringo Starr and Barbara Bach are featured with an all-star cast in the TV adaptation of Judith Krantz's novel
2: Princess Daisy. It began as a fairy tale romance, a love story destined to end in tragedy. Lindsay Wagner, Daisy's mother, deceived by the man she adored.
11: What you have done is unforgivable. You have betrayed us all.
2: Torn from the two children she loved, her tragic death will change Daisy's life forever.
7: Nobody saw the car go over. Nobody really
2: knows what happened. Stacy Keach, Daisy's notorious father, obsessed in his love for Daisy, tormented by the dark secrets surrounding her twin sister. Do you think I'm monstrous enough not to understand the wretchedness of
6: what I've done?
2: Claudia Cardinale, the woman who captures the heart of Daisy's father and tries to give Daisy the mother's love she lost. Then, just as she has everything she could want, tragedy strikes. <laughs> then she's robbed of the father she so desperately needs and Ram, Daisy's evil half-brother, seizes control of the family fortune, making Daisy a prisoner of his power and his twisted passion. Oh, I love you. Terrified by his savagery, Daisy flees to America to build a new life. Welcome home, little lady. Tonight, she'll meet Paul Michael Glazer, the man who gives her a chance at her own career. He becomes the first man to love her. Will he betray her?
9: He said he loved
2: me. Robert Urich, a millionaire power broker, is captivated by Daisy's beauty. How far will he go to own her?
4: I'm not for sale,
2: Mr. Shannon. Barbara Bach and Ringo Starr are the jealous jet setters who plot to blackmail Daisy.
10: If only Mum could see me now. Three weeks we'll be floating about the Caribbean on our yacht.
0: Not exactly ours.
2: Pause
10: for a month and I intend to spend every moment of it brilliantly. What do you think about the idea of having a party for the fashion press? Can we
0: possibly afford it?
10: Oh, we'll manage. We always do. The models and the press can squeeze onto the charter from New York.
0: What a perfect setting for your line of swimwear. I love it. We'll press food, drink, and kisses on everyone. Then we'll put them ashore, and we happy few will sail off into the sunset.
10: Meanwhile, must we endure this? They didn't even send anyone up to unpack our bags last night.
0: Well, at least they have a fairly decent chef.
2: And now, all the glamour. The passion, the secrets, the spectacle continue in the conclusion of Judith Krantz, Princess Daisy.
1: Here in London on Friday, November 11th, Ringo records an interview at his Tittenhurst estate for the UK music show, The Tube. The show focuses on the life and legacy of musician Mark Boland.
10: Besides being like an original punk, uh, you know, he was, he was the first one in, into all of that. Before mm. Bo, he was dressing up early, you know, and they were great friends. Not a downrun on David. I just thought Mark was a great innovator. You know, and he was, so, and he was always good fun. We got real friendly before uh-huh. the film, and he was, he was uh, offered, someone was offering him money, a lot of money to make this movie of his concert. And we were sitting around talking about it. I said, well, I was running Apple Films at the time. So I said, well, look, I'll put up the cameras and the crew and everybody. You put up yourself. And we'll share because, you know, everyone gets ripped off by those companies. But it was, it was a kind of mixture between the rock concerts, wasn't it? Was it Wembley Empire Pool? Yeah. Yeah, and uh, kind of a mixture between that and fantasy, wasn't it? Well, yes, because I was real bored. At that time, there was a lot of rock shows being filmed. And it, the atmosphere isn't the same when you're sitting in the audience in a cinema. You know, that it loses something. So I was, I convinced Mark that, you know, I think it should be more than just uh, filming his show. And so, you know, Mark's... Uh, I think he loved more than being a pop star was that he, his big line was, you know, I'm the biggest seller po- selling poet in Britain, <laughs> which he was at the time. I think a lot of his music, like a lot of ours, holds up today. You know, and he had a certain, his music had a certain attitude with the words and he did have a definite sound. And he was the sound, I mean, he could have played with anyone, but it was Mark's guitar and his, and his vocals that gave it something that, that remains.
1: Show will air later in the month. Inspired by the recent reunion of the Everly Brothers, Paul McCartney at his home in Rye, Sussex, writes a song for them.
4: If you like, we we'll fly together to the land of eternal sun On the wings of 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 of
1: on november nineteenth, Tom Evans of Badfinger. And half of the Ham Evans songwriting team, whose hits include the song Without You, is found dead in Surrey, England.
8: Listen to a lonely sound.
4: See the gray and sadness all
5: around. See Tommy Evans was devastated by Peter Ham's suicide. So were the rest of the group. For a while they split up, all going their different ways. Tommy Evans and Bob Jackson combined to start a group known as the Dodgers. But there were also numerous attempts to revive Badfinger. Another American entrepreneur promised them great things from a tour of the United States. It turned out to be a disaster. So Tommy was—I mean—he was like, "Oh, what have I done? What have I done? I've signed my frigging life away, you know."
12: The promoter housed the band in a vacant model home in Milwaukee. He stuck
3: us
5: in there and said, "Don't worry, the gigs are coming." but they didn't come
3: essentially the guy didn't have anything lined up and we sat in this house we literally starved literally starved we I can remember eating saltines with you know salted biscuits with jam on them you know that's all we had we were stranded anyway uh
5: this guy was telling us about his heavy mafia connections and how if we left and
3: my good
4: buddy, Tommy Evans. Tommy, welcome to Milwaukee.
5: <laughs> we
11: did one TV, a, a, a shock horror thing with a weird character called Toulouse Neck.
0: Here it is, come and get it. But you better
4: hurry, cause it's going
3: fast. Eventually we did, it was like escape from Milwaukee, you know. Anyway, we came back. Mike
12: Gibbons soon quit. Then a sad situation got worse as Joey Marlin moved to end the problem of two different dueling bad fingers.
5: I called the Musicians Union and I told him, uh, my name's Joey Mollin I've got my band Badfinger and we're going on tour. And there's another guy and they're going to have a band Badfinger and I don't want them to be able to sign any papers. He said,
6: okay, we won't let them do any union gigs. Joey, Joey right now is, is f***ing
4: it up. He, he, he's phoning the agent and phoning the different gigs and saying this is not real Badfinger the happiness is now
12: at the same time Tom was also being sued for five million dollars by the Milwaukee promoter
9: and he was a nasty person I know that as well so everything went wrong for Tommy as well tax problem taxmen after him somebody sued me for five million so everything just collapsed he couldn't see any way out of it. His... In the night, he get up at 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock, and he said, what I'm going to do? And, like, I'm going to lose everything. I can't even afford to pay the lawyer.
12: By early 1983, Joey succeeded in stopping Tom from calling his band Badfinger. Tom returned to London, his wife, Mary and their six-year-old son. Tom was dealt another blow as Joey Mollin, Mike Gibbons, and former manager Bill Collins began pressing him for a share of the song royalties Tom had been receiving for Without You.
4: But I guess that's
12: According to Tom's former bandmates, the members of Badfinger had an unwritten agreement to split the royalties for all the songs they recorded together. Tom focused his anger and frustration on Joey.
4: He broke the band
8: up. Oh, he's now it's over. It's dead.
3: Suddenly the bailiffs, we had a wise ringing up. Tom had Marianne ringing up and i Chris ringing
5: up saying uh, that the bailiffs were coming round and there was liens on the houses
12: and all that sort of thing. Frightened and deeply depressed, Tom Evans retreated into a fog of drink and drugs. On the night of November 17th, 1983, he made a frantic call to Joey Molland. And he says, what the f*** I'm gonna do about the money Joe?" I said, I don't know, Tom. We've got to
4: sort
5: it out, Joe. We've got to sort it out. He started to get really angry with me. Anyway, he says, I'm gonna kill myself. <laughs> I said, What? Are you? Gonna, I'm going to kill me. So I'm going to do it tonight.
9: Tommy was very angry and upset and fed up. and And Tommy only said, i uh, will be dead before I get any money.
12: Marianne calmed Tommy down, and later that night he called his brother David.
5: He said, Yeah, no, Marianne's here with me now. We're having you're having a really good time, and it was great to hear him sounding so uh, upbeat like that.
9: It's like he changed his mood from the phone call he was really really angry and suddenly he got into a happy mood again
12: the next morning Tom and Marianne's 6 year old son woke up early
9: Stephen came in the bedroom and he said where's daddy and then he went outside and uh, he saw his father and he said there's a man hanging there he looks like my dad
12: Stephen's father was hanging from a willow tree in the backyard. A suicide at the age of 36.
9: I can't remember what happened after that.
5: Tommy Evans committed suicide in the garden of his home in November 1983.
4: Oh, no. no need. I told myself my life would be-
8: Leave the place where sunshine never
4: shone. For my life's too short for waiting when I see the rising sun.
1: On November 29th, Yoko and Sean leave New York en route to London. They land at London's Heathrow Airport and are driven to the Dorchester Hotel. The main reason for the visit was to attend an Apple business meeting. So on December 1st at the Dorchester, Yoko meets with Paul, George and Ringo. This was the first time since 1979 that the three ex-Beatles had gotten back together. For the next several hours, they go over various Apple Beatles royalty business. One of the major topics was Paul's recent renegotiated EMI contract, which allowed McCartney to obtain a higher royalty payment on Beatles recordings. Yoko, George, and Ringo felt that this move was a bit underhanded. What happened was, the group's agreement had expired with EMI in 1976, giving John, Paul, George, and Ringo options to sign with either other labels or back with EMI. George and Ringo signed with the other labels while Paul stayed with EMI, but as part of a new deal, McCartney negotiated an increased royalty payment for Beatles' record sales to keep him with EMI. This did not sit well with George, Ringo, and Yoko, as McCartney was getting more than the others' share. On the same day, Island Records in the UK released the single Honorary Council by classic guitarist John Williams. The song is written by Paul McCartney. Still in London, the next day, December 2nd, Yoko and Sean did a bit of sightseeing and found themselves watching the changing of the guard at Buckingham Palace. Later they flew off to Tokyo, Japan to spend the holiday season with Yoko's family. December, Ringo signs an agreement to narrate 26 five-minute episodes of Brett Alcroft's animated children's show, Thomas the Tank Engine and Friends, for the ITV Network.
10: Thomas the Tank Engine has worked his branch line for many years and knows it very well. You know just where to stop, Thomas, laughed his driver. You could almost manage it without me. Uh, Britta Alcroft, who produced the show, she uh, she came up to see me. Well, she wrote a letter first, then she came to see me. She had this idea for me to narrate these children's stories. And they're all about these fabulous little trains, you know. Which I never had because I was a beano man. <laughs> and uh, this isn't gonna be crazy. Thomas had become conceited. He didn't realize that his driver was joking. And I, uh, I really backed off at the beginning thinking, well, kids are into uh dinosaurs with guns on their backs, you know, on yeah. spaceships. Don't be daft, snorted Percy. You know, she kept at me, and then in the end, I said, okay, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll just read flat uh, five of the stories. Next morning, the fireman came. Thomas drowsed comfortably in the shed as the warmth spread through his boiler. And I sent the tape to her, and if you still need me, then we'll talk again. And she did, and then we did Thomas the Train. There's all these little babies screaming again. You go, you go. <laughs> I used to have the mother's oh,
1: <laughs> On December 3rd in London, Paul gives a one-hour interview to BBC Radio 1's morning show, hosted by DJ Simon Bates.
2: Radio 1 presents Paul McCartney, now. What's wrong with For the next hour, Paul McCartney talks about
3: making records. I actually enjoy it, you know. If I didn't have to do it, I think I'd try and do it as a hobby. About Michael Jackson. He's one of the most laid-back, rela- most relaxed people you'll ever meet. Well, the thing is, interviews do make him uncomfortable. Mm. You know, I said to him, um, why don't you do interviews, Mike? He said, I, I don't feel comfortable. How do you, How's
2: that for a Michael Jackson impression? Paul McCartney on Critics.
3: But I suppose nowadays that people like the Stones and people who are established like that, the first thing that journalists almost got to say is well it let's get this straight it's rubbish and they're old men and it's old hat on songwriting it's not easy to develop them you get you get an idea and you say it all in the first verse and then Sometimes you look you look for a little extension in the second verse And it's just not there You sort of feel, well I've said everything about that song Just in that first verse And now you can get on to how her brother feels about it Or something, or, you know And you look for things, but it doesn't come easily Paul McCartney on Old Friends It is cosy, and I, in a way I do like an easy life, you know So it is very good to have Ringo around drumming And Enemies He came to our houses and he said It's going to be a lovely book And I'm really going to do a smashing thing here yeah he had some fellow with him who was actually writing it, um, ghosting it and stuff. And we had him in and we cakes and teas and everything, the whole bit. You know, come and meet the kids, long time since you've seen Uncle Peter. And we were really kind of, you know, introducing him and him. welcomed him in a lot. And I know uh, he did this for quite a few people, on the understanding that he was going to show everyone what he'd written and that we'd all say, well, that's okay, or that's a bit strong or whatever. And he basically just went for it in a big way, as they say. He just got back to the States and just decided to just publish it. Radio 1 in
2: stereo presents Paul McCartney Now, featuring tracks from his new album, Pipes of Peace, and Paul McCartney in conversation with Simon Bates.
1: On December 5th in America, Polydor Records releases the LP, Hard Play, Unfinished Dialogue, by John Lennon and Yoko Ono.
0: The record is called Heart Play, an unfinished dialogue, and is produced by Polydor Records at $5.98. The
10: theme is the dialogue between a man and a woman, which is what it is. And this album is part one of at least two. That's for sure. But we originally were calling it an ear play. Heart play. Yeah, it went to heart play, which still contains the word ear
0: from the 22-hour conversation John and Yoko had with Playboy magazine in 1980.
10: Meaning apart from the, we hold popular kind of, you know, music on it, which we like, there's also a theme running through it. And it's also a story. But a story with not much description, just dialogue, you know, those kind of movies. (laughs) Or a, a radio play, you know, they can't afford to have too much description.
1: December 8th. It's been three years since John was murdered. Lennon's friends, May Pang and David Bowie, remember him.
8: If you could tell us maybe one thing about John Lennon that you would like everyone to know,
11: what would it be?
0: That he was real warm, witty, and such a genius at his music. And I'm sorry to, to say that he's not here to give us more.
5: i never forget something John Lennon told me. We were talking about writing, and, and I would always admire the way that he, he used to cut through so much of the bullshit, just come straight to the point with what he wanted to say. And he said, it's very easy. All you have to do is say what you mean, make it rhyme, put a backbeat to it. Right. And that I keep coming back to that principle. Did fame sort of come out like that? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it was so easy. John had an incredible charisma that, that made you cut through things. Right. I can see the effect that he must have had on McCartney. I'm, I would imagine McCartney sorely misses that now.
1: Meanwhile, over in the U.K., it was around this time in December at Chobham Common in Surrey that Paul McCartney filmed the video for the song Pipes of Peace. The video depicted the famous 1914 Christmas truce between British and German troops.
3: So that was the hardest bit, really, just to get create um, an event that happened in 1914 where there was a Christmas Day truce between the German and British in France, uh, where the soldiers themselves decided to stop fighting for a day. And uh, they played football and exchanged cigarettes and uh, drink and chocolate, etc. And um, uh, we liked the idea because it kind of symbolized that people themselves don't really want to fight each other. It's just the events that sort of uh, take over. So it seemed like a nice idea to me and the film
1: director. That is director Hugh Simmons
3: to uh, use that uh, in a modern context with a modern song to sort of show that um, it's always been happening and it's still happening, that uh, these war situations that people don't really like participating in, I don't think.
11: The Pipes of Peace is a story from the First World War almost 70 years ago. Then the battles were fought out in mud-filled trenches in bleak conditions. So, to make his video, Paul McCartney had to find some suitable surroundings. He came here to Chobham Common. The filming, which
1: starts at 8 a.m. and utilizes the services of 100 extras, lasts for two days. On the first day, Paul, who had his hair cut especially short for the filming, arrives on the set at 6 a.m. and spends two hours in makeup. Despite the message of peace in the song, controversy occurs with the locals and the filming crews. The New Town Council claims the locals who ride their horses are damaging the Common.
11: With horse riders at Chobham in Surrey. The video of his chart-topping hit record, Pipes of Peace, was filmed on Chobham Common. His film company dug trenches to recreate a First World War setting. But despite the song's message of peace, local riders are angry. They say they've been banned from riding on the common in case they cause damage, and they've protested to Surrey County Council about the filming. The authorities say renting the common to film companies provides valuable income. This quagmire of mud is where one of the scenes was filmed. First the bulldozers moved in to make trenches, and then when the cameras left, they were filled in again. It's still quite a mess. Meep Mienas canters across the ground where Paul McCartney and the actors played football in his video. Her family have been exercising their horses on this common for over 30 years. But now Meep and 20 other young riders have been taken to court for riding here. She was fined 25 pounds. The council say the horses are damaging the ground. Yet only a couple of hundred horses ride out on this vast stretch of 2,000 acres. Meep is upset by the council's action.
9: Well, we think it's very unfair that Paul McCartney can come along um, and make a video up here on the one area that we've been told specifically to keep off with the horses. They left an awful mess. The horses never make that sort of mess. Um, We've got uh, 2,000 acres to ride on on Chobham Common, and if we don't ride on the common, we have to go out on the road, which are very busy around here, lots of lorries.
11: Because of an old law, Chobham Common is to be kept for the people of the area. But since Surrey County Council took over the running of it, they've brought in their own regulations. The council repeated the claim that the horses damaged the ground and added they're trying to cater for everyone. And they said that the video companies have always repaired the ground. Scenes from Superman 3 were filmed here four years ago, but then large areas of heather were damaged.
1: Over in London on December 14th... Well, my
3: friend George and I have just had tea with Russell Harty. Forget that? Very nice to it was.
2: It was like The original boy, George, yeah? Russell Hardy and his guest, Paul McCartney, at 6.40 tonight
1: on BBC One. McCartney appears with George Martin on the BBC One program, Hardy, hosted by Russell Hardy.
2: Paul McCartney was putting
3: the finishing touches to his new single called Pipes of Peace with George Martin, the record producer, who made most of the Beatles' records. They showed me how Pipes of Peace was made and also the new video that goes with it over then to the Air Studios in London Town. About to play the vibes of A little bit of the top. Play the vibes of fear. Yeah. back to me. back yeah, to What a nice surprise! It's rustless, hearty.
11: Let me
3: just turn this music down. There's your tea. Thanks, Ruth. You're welcome. This This is a pleasant surprise, isn't it, Merry
11: Merry Christmas before
3: we get this. Merry Christmas.
1: Paul continues with promotion for the album Pipes of Peace with an interview in London with Uh, Leslie uh, Ash for the UK pop music TV show The Tube on Uh, December 16th.
3: (laughs) The next record's going to be out soon, but I don't know when
7: where am i today well in fact i'm standing in oxford street and behind me is the very famous air studios where lots of very very famous people record all their very famous records and i'm just standing here waiting for one very <laughs> famous right, person should we yeah. get in the taxi let's get in the car
3: come on girls hello. morning girls how are you hello. Hello. all right hello. oh i know isn't she great hello, hello. All, right. all right yeah see you See what you're now on this. I oh, know, I know, it's
7: wonderful.
4: Typical
3: is the I it? thought you
7: weren't
0: coming. I was standing out there for ages. I thought you were I nearly coming.
3: thought better of it for a minute there, but. Uh... There you go. How,
0: How
3: are you like doing? You? We're gonna stop meeting like this. I
0: know, I know it's silly, like... you know. I feel like I'm cheating.
7: Like meeting what? you like this so, uh, outside their studios. How have you been? Oh nice.
10: Yeah? Yeah, yeah, okay,
3: yeah. So Good. working out. Thank you.
10: This is all
9: closed. So, what have you been doing in Air Studios?
3: Just sitting around, <laughs> generally watching all the people and uh, doing a bit of music and stuff, you know. Look at the person, speak to the man on the beach. Can you imagine the first one you really? oh, I've just been uh, doing some film music. Oh, really? O'Reilly.
6: Is, is that is that for um,
3: Broad Street? Broad Street.
6: Yeah. I've heard um,
4: pipes
3: of pipes of peace. Piece of peace. Yeah. <laughs>
4: <It's a> brilliant, <laughs> brilliant album. Uh, was it true that it was it was actually going to be a tug of war double album?
3: Yeah. Well, you know, record companies don't like double albums. No. They they panic. Um, so we said, well, we we'll split it into two tug of war one and tug of war two. But then it suddenly got to be a boring idea. Oh right. <laughs> I was like, oh. You so, had so many songs left over, I suppose. We had a couple left over, yeah. Um, but then we decided to make it into pipes of peace instead. So it was like the opposite of the last album, instead of just a follow-on. Yeah,
4: So it was actually an answer
3: to to the to, total Sort of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's
4: brilliant, in fact. But
3: um, thank you, Les. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Imagine the first one is you
1: McCartney continued to promote the album till the end of the year. December 25th, Christmas Day.
3: Hello, this is Paul McCartney speaking from London. I'd like to take this opportunity to wish you all, you and yours, a very lovely Christmas
6: and a wonderful Happy New Year.
1: December 31st, New Year's
2: Eve.
6: Dick Clark back live here in Times Square, New York City on the 12th annual New Year's Rockin' Eve on ABC, and what a happy crowd we've got. They are waiting. There you can see they're directing their attention skyward. Yeah, there it is. They've lighted the ball up there. The crowd is reacting to it. They know that it's going to begin to move. It's the Big Apple It's New York City. In less than 30 seconds, the ball will reach the bottom of that flagpole, and the new year will be here. Ten seconds, nine
1: See you in 1984. You go to the pub.
0: For more information or to contact the show, visit yesterdayandtodaypodcast.wordpress.com or email at yesterdayandtodaypodcast at gmail.com. Also visit at yesterday pod on Twitter and search yesterday today podcast on Facebook. See you next time.
13: As we mentioned in each episode, we do not in any way profit from these shows whatsoever. But to break even on some expenses, we have put up some cool merch that you can pick up to help support the show. Yes, some fun apparel, things you can put on yourself. Are we going to be selling Mark's and Spence underwear? (laughs) Don't worry, we will. (laughs) You can head to our social media pages. That's Facebook.com slash Podcast or Facebook.com slash Men. Or you could head to society6.com slash Kaminsky Family Podcast. That's society the number six.com slash